morning. Welcome to the old school. Fresh, tan, rested, ready to go after a, a thrilling vacation for Thanksgiving. Back again with another thrilling episode about the characteristics, the traits, the qualities, the problems, even possibly solutions to the American education system, along with Dr. Stephen Bourgeois. Good morning, Dr. Bourgeois. Mr. Miller, it's good to hear from you um, again after your long winter's nap. And, <laughs> and you managed to forget the best word of your introduction, which is foibles. So I thought I would I, add that. I purposefully tried to find, because you're making me self-conscious. No, <laughs> no one wants to be predictable. So <laughs> I'm, well, I'm going to go to the thesaurus and I'm going to try to find some other words to begin to to begin to interject into this opening, but okay. And I'm not going to make my thesaurus joke either. So, you know, <laughs> first time, always. but you referred to it. So you might as well go ahead and say it. So no, no, no I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. So here, so not unlike those first couple of cu cups of coffee in the morning, I'm hoping that this podcast will be a cleansing as it were. <laughs> <laughs> because right now the USA is down two nothing to the Netherlands at halftime. And maybe it was because I was watching that the Dutch scored right before the half. So maybe if I stop watching, maybe the U S will, will complete a comeback the likes of which seldom has been seen in the world cup. But well, don't comment. Cause I think I'm going to tape the damn thing. <laughs> so officially, we're in record mode. I don't know if you have a TV. You probably don't where you're recording, do you? I do not. Okay. Well, I'm so. recording it now, and then I'm switching channels so I don't accidentally watch it. But I'm not investing because I've, I've, I've re um, decided they're going to lose also. So. What do you mean you're not invested? You're an American, aren't you? Um, I like the, the Dutch um, in this one. Well. Uh, they have cool uniforms, you have to admit. Well, they do have cool uniforms. And you know, I, I've been texting our our, uh, our uh, shared friend uh, Frank, who's from the Netherlands, and uh, so we we do have a bit of a Dutch connection, and so so we we are certainly sympathetic for the Dutch, just at least at least for me as an honest to goodness patriotic American, the sympathy ends right now, and goes for the next forty five minutes. It's on. And possible stoppage time. <laughs> wow. So have you ever gone to a restaurant with Frank and said, hey, let's go Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he knows that expression. I wonder. He probably would be quizzical as to why, how is it that the Dutch got thrown into that particular <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> He's a mighty... I gotta ask him that now. I'm not I'm, okay. Well, just give anyway. So, we got many friends from around the world. Well, we do. Yeah, people like so, us. People do like us. They probably like you more. Well, uh, yeah. Um, you're 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 a a man of notoriously vicious and intemperate disposition. <laughs> 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 and you're a man of, uh, of uh, conciliatory nature and uh, <laughs> certainly one who uh, blends in with any crowd. So. Well, I'm a politician at heart running for yes. office. 
I'm I'm waiting for the campaign poster. Okay. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. It's it's about time. Which, 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 which ring are you going to throw your hat into? I don't know. Do I have a couple suggestions. Oh, great. No. No, no. We need you at the school board at uh, the local, uh, the uh, nearby uh, school district. Uh, I could do that, need- you know, but I would annoy people making speeches and talking about statistics and logistic <laughs> regression. Um, yeah, they would. Quoting, quoting Woody Allen. and then Well, they get tired of me. I, I'd wear out my welcome. Not as fast as I would wear my, no, my no, welcome. You, you piss people off with the first thing. It's the <laughs> look in your eye before you start to speak. You say, oh, my God, here we go. As soon as the first school board meeting starts going kind of long, I kind of slap my legs and say, okay, let's get this going. Yeah, you'd be in the back of the room going from one window to the next, <laughs> one door to the next. Yeah. so mighty. All right, well. We do have a reason for coming together this morning, not just to avoid the second half of the U.S.-Netherlands match, but rather to talk about a topic that I came across. Did you know that Texas has a teacher code of ethics? <laughs> I, I hope they, they do something to, or we could have mayhem in the schools. Well, it does, it does beg the question, you know, they, First of all, the nature of the the code of ethics. First of all, as I do a quick look at it, I think we're only talking about maybe 40 things. 40 things is all Texas could come up with that constituted problematic behavior. So we have nine... We have yeah, eight, you're count them. Um, eight and 11, nine, eight and 11. So what's that? That's like close to 30. You know, I'm not a math guy, but no, it seems like um, it's around 30. Um, well, and, and, and it's, I guess, conspicuous for the absence of, of many things. I mean, much of this relates to behavior, you know, uh, you know, being around colleagues and, and students, but very little about be, being a, a teacher. A te- you know, and teaching, you know, it doesn't say. I mean, you, you could put your feet up on your desk and read the newspaper, and and not and interact with your students in class. And this doesn't cover that. Well, the, and and perhaps what is most uh, interesting about this list is what it does not include. Because as you said, there is there's three categories to this list, and and perhaps we should not so much focus on the content of this list, but rather what would or what should be a code of ethics for teachers, but it's in three categories. One is professional ethical conduct practices and performance. You can pretty much guarantee. I mean, everybody listening could probably figure out what's probably in that category. Um, Then you have ethical conduct towards professional colleagues. That's interesting because usually administration doesn't always treat teachers as professionals, but oh my God. nevertheless, yeah, well. See, that's something you can bring up at the school board. <laughs> <laughs> name, name. On this <laughs> so <laughs> the third one is ethical conduct towards students. And again, it doesn't have so much to do with the job. It has to do with stuff that any reasonable adult would come up with. If, if you were, if you were to ask the average person on the street, who could be possibly construed as being sensible and reasonable that they would come up with about the vast majority of this stuff. Okay. And and so I kind of wonder, I mean, where, where would you start if you were creating a 
a code of ethics for teachers? Well, uh, part of this is that you, you need something on paper official so that you can fire a teacher. These are, they're trying to identify the fireable offenses and have, have something to hang their hat on. Um, and, and so you're not going to fire a teacher for um, typically for, for performance in the, in the classroom as much as these things here. I mean, yes, it happens. Of course it does. Um, but they, you know, you get warned that you know the best way to get fired <laughs> would be on this <laughs> list, you know, and, and you, yes. it has to do with you know managing money. If you're if you're involved in anything like that, red flag, you know, be really, really, really careful. If you're off campus with students, um, be really, really, really careful. And yeah. happens to be things that you know, you know, as a former coach and you know, and, and participant and leader in a student exchange, it's a minefield. Um, and and some some of us bring that upon ourselves to say, well, we can we can do this, but but I think that the money part is is a little bit dicey because you're you're working with uh, booster clubs, uh, you you are collecting money, or, or they are. There's a school account, but there's also a booster club account, um, and and so it 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 makes you worry a little bit. So I think that that type of thing here is, is helpful. You know, I, I think some of them are just so obvious. I'm, you know, who's going to falsify records and force <laughs> others to do the same or something? Um, what? It's unethical? What are you talking about? <laughs> I find it interesting that the well, there's two things about this that that I think about. One is the 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 shortest section is the ethical conduct towards professional colleagues. Yeah, but that that's I think that that is I don't know. But the other thing is that the language is not it's i guess it's meant to mimic like the 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 voice of god from on high on mount, uh, mount it, it, sinai it says shall and not shalt <laughs> here's one i'm going to read one the educator shalt or shall I'm shall sure, shall be a, a of good moral character and be worthy to instruct or supervise the youth of the state um i mean all kinds of things come up there i think about someone like uh, Socrates, for example. <laughs> 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 what, what, what do you do with that um, good moral character? How do you define that? Um, and, and to a man who has been known to have a vicious, intemperate disposition, uh, what do you do with that to be a good moral character? Well, first of all, I, I, I would I would uh, object to the word vicious. I, I, I'll go ahead and own everything else, but vicious that's not that's not in my personality. I can be ruthless at times, but vicious that yeah. that suggests a level of indifference to I have, I have the situation. So Clint Eastwood on on the brain and unforgiven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the introduction of that that film. Uh, I think, but th this is one of the things that people kind of joke about, and that is the the quote unquote moral turpitude clause in yeah, contracts right. that suggests what. Now, if this is the 1930s, moral turpitude could be, uh, you know, could be labeling things such as being seen in the presence of the opposite sex without an appropriate, <laughs> without an appropriate uh, uh, monitor or whatever. Uh, um, sponsor or whatever you want to call sure. it yeah um uh imbibing 
Well, maybe not imbibing. And You're imbibing would be a like problem now. Turpitude and imbibing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think these the formality has gotten to you now, Herr Miller. <laughs> I can't help it. They get shall. <laughs> As a Jew, I find problems with you know trying to <laughs> trying to couch this language into the words of the God, of the of the Almighty. So, what? Well, I mean, what if it were informal? Hey, you better not do this. I mean, so <laughs> a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more yeah. chilled, you know? Yeah. If, 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 <laughs> all, if it's all the same to you, maybe instruct and supervise the youth and do it in a moral way. Yeah. If you don't mind, please yeah. <laughs> uh, don't berate colleagues in, in front of students or don't steal money. Um, that would be so great if you just, just didn't steal any money. That would be so awesome. Well, that sure. could be, yeah. Well, some of these you know, are are really American. I mean, the, there, there's one on here about alcohol, not consuming alcohol on school property, you know. And we we know colleagues in different schools in Europe where they will have a nice party during school, you know, bring alcohol if someone's birthday or if the day of the weekend's in a Y. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, there there is a lack of a grown up, and the problem is, it with any of these rules and with any of these kind of <clears throat> stipulations. Part of this comes from the fact that someone did this at one point, and this is and this is why this is why we can't have fun things anymore. You know, I remember, <clears throat> so someone gave me a bottle of wine, and they were they were kind of nervous about it because I. Cause they said, well, I have this wine. I bought it in, in Germany. I said, can I give it to you? And I said, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I said, just, just bring it by the school and just bring it to school the next morning. And she, she kind of him and hawed a little bit. And I said, listen, it's fine. I'll put it in the fridge. I'll walk out with it. No one, no one cares. <laughs> and then, so she brings it by and you could tell <laughs> the very fact that she had an alcoholic beverage in the school made her a bit uneasy. I said, here, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, took the bottle of wine, put it in the fridge yeah. that I have in my classroom. And then I really kind of forgot about it <clears throat> for that day. And then I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a vice principal come in and a <laughs> vice principal comes in later on that day. We're having, uh, I'm having lunch. When was and that? This recently? No, this is, this is, uh, this is quite a few years ago. Actually. Okay. I never heard the story. Something new under the sun. This is great. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. uh, anyway, so he, he comes in and we're talking and I'm kind of getting my lunch ready and I open up the refrigerator <laughs> and he, he happens to see it and he looks at me and he goes, is that a bottle of wine? I said, oh yeah. I said, it's not for lunch. I mean, I'm taking it home. It's just a gift. He goes, you better be careful about that. One person sees that. Like you, said, like the vice principal. Well, yeah. Like the vice principal. <laughs> I mean, who else he, is there? <laughs> well, I don't think he had a problem with it necessarily. I think he was surprised by it. Oh. But I don't think he had a particular issue. But I, it it got me to thinking at the time, wait a second. Am I not an adult here? What What's going on? I mean, there, there's, a, there's a strange dynamic if the assumption is that if I have a bottle of wine in my classroom fridge, that clearly I'll be drinking at some point during the day sure. when I'm supposed to be with students. Well, back, clearly. Back up, why else would you have a bottle of wine in your fridge? Why would you have a fridge in your classroom, first of all? That's never, no teacher has a refrigerator, a refrigerator in their classroom, but Herr Miller. Of course they do. 
You have Plenty a refrigerator in the classroom, these. really? In the classroom, yes. No, yeah. Where I keep my lunch stuff in. No, you go down the hall. You go. Yeah, oh, and a shared no. one where people have to write. They they steal each other's lunches. That should be in here because yeah. Not, not, oh, <laughs> they'll use your cream, but often they'll just outright take your lunch. And these you are, think you adults. think I'm gonna put my lunch in with the the community refrigerator where the rest of those animals keep their stuff and they sit there just peeking through Tupperware, see if they can find something good to eat. No, I'm not doing that. I got my own fridge. So you have a, and, and then you have like fruits and little uh, cracker trays with sausage and sandwiches. And, and I don't have a charcuterie. No, but I mean, I got some, I got some fruit. Do, got do, some... do students know that they ask, Hey, can I have, have, have a Coke or something? And no, that's because well, you're, you, you you're get not one a cheek, cool teacher. You, you know, get one a, cheek. You get one cheeky student every once in a while. I say, "Hey, you know, is that beer?" I said, "No, it's root beer. You know, it's root beer. It says yeah. root beer on the bottle." You know. Oh, because you you like that good stuff. What's it called? Uh, IBC. Yeah, this comes in a bottle. Looks like a beer bottle. Not that IVC is sponsoring this podcast. We don't have any any sponsors. If anybody yeah. wants to sponsor us, uh, call. Please, please, Ross yeah, please reach out at 555. Yeah. Um, no, but the, no, I, but I do like a root beer. I do like a ginger beer. It is strange that my favorite beverages are beers that are not beers, but, um, but no, no kid usually asks for stuff out of my refrigerator, but. Okay. Well, but anyway, the idea of ha- we're going way off the mark here, but you know, well, thing- yeah, what, what were you talking about before you brought a refrigerator into the conversation? Well, what I was talking about <laughs> has to do with the notion of alcohol and, and what have you. And just the notion that a lot of these things suggest a deep misunderstanding of and suspicion of teachers that they would think that you would have to write some of this stuff out. And, and so, I know you have to do it from a kind of a point of view of um, kind of legality and, you know, what have you, like you said, this is designed to be able to fire people, but it does, but I go back to the question of what, what then constitutes what should be in an ethical list of guidelines for teachers. Well, um, Code of conduct. I, I, th- I think you know the the term conduct is a little bit different, and it's a bit narrow, narrowly tailored um, mm. for for things of legalistic and pretty straightforward things. You know, mm. so it's like you're not going to have up here. They didn't put their learning objectives on the wall. You know, this this is different. These are I think these are all serious things. I mean. We're not talking jail time on all of them, but some of them there are. So, yeah. Um, so these are serious. I mean, you can't really do too many serious infractions in your classroom when you're teaching history. No. And, but well, it's, you but can it's actually. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and people have done it. <laughs> Basically talking uh, puts you at risk. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dangerous world out there. But, mm-hmm. but this is entitled, uh, this is entitled Code of Ethics. And so I think you're right. I think this is, I mean, what it's titled and how it's spelled out is two different things. So if we were going to make a, a kind of a code of ethics, I think ethically the notion that, you know, I mean, I could look at it from the, from the paradigm of a history teacher, 
But I think the, and we talked about this before, the idea of not divulging personal opinions, personal ideas, personal biases in this, in the teaching of history, the teaching of, or the speaking of, you know, current events, things of that nature, that there is a, there is an age old idea that the thinking of ideas should be among the students, not in the expression <laughs> of the teacher. Yeah. Funny, funny idea. <laughs> um, well, you know, talking about bias, you know, the difference is that that's a real difficult thing to to measure, to assess, to evaluate, to to show. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas, um, did you discriminate against someone based upon race? It's it's a little bit more straightforward. Or, or did you bring wine and and open it up and drink <laughs> glass in your classroom? Um, right. so these are more straightforward. You're, everything in a classroom is kind of in a gray area, but the idea of, of bias, yeah, we, we, we talk a lot about that. And I think there needs to be a little bias in everything or it's not really that interesting. It's not interesting. And, and because it's not easy to quantify, that's what makes it hard to measure. And that's why it's not in something like this. As you said, this is more about what is easily identifiable, what is easily quantifiable. Um, and so, you know, we go back to then what should ethics be? I mean, I mean, can you make a legitimate code of ethics that is relevant? Well, I, I think what we have here is, 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 I mean, it's more complete than I thought when you sent it to me. Right. It, it is a little bit thin about how do you treat your colleagues, but Again, it's not about the qualitative treatment. It's about, did you do this, 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 or this? Right. Uh, did you intentionally or knowingly subject a colleague to harassment or something like that? You know, straightforward. Um, but it doesn't say you, you're isolated and not collaborating and being a bad colleague. Well, yeah. And these, I'm, I'm kind of just looking through them and I, I find. I find fascinating the examples where they include the qualifiers. The educator shall not intentionally, knowingly. Yeah. Well, that seems, it seems rather beside the point, you know, even if you did what happens at the end of intentionally and knowingly, does it really matter whether it was intentional or knowingly? Well, that's a philosophical question. <laughs> intentional, I know we're talking about epistemology there and, and also will. Um, so how do you unpack that? Um, but it, it, go, it goes to things that we teach our children very early on. So my daughter, God bless her, smart kid, great kid, fun, nice. That said, not unlike her father, there are times when she's not nice and she is not kind. <laughs> and so she will, she will say something like, well, I didn't mean to do that. I said, it doesn't matter whether you meant to do it or not. The fact is you did it. I said, I said, uh, you know, <laughs> to go back to Clint Eastwood deserving, got nothing to do with it. I mean, you did it. I mean, whether you wanted to or not, you know, and so the notion that you have some of these things like the educator should not intentionally, knowingly, recklessly engage in physical mistreatment, yada, yada, yada. I just don't think it matters whether it was intentional or not, you know? And so I can understand that there's gray areas in some cases, and maybe that's what this is about trying to, 
legislate against the gray areas? Well, um, I think, you know, looking at the whole list, I mean, even now looking at the, the student statements, mm. um, they don't have a policy like three strikes and you're out. <laughs> you know, it's pretty much um, you, you. That's it. You're you're done. But but even you know the the student ones are really challenging to interpret because knowingly and not intentionally, recklessly. These are a lot of qualifiers, like you said. I mean, they're they've added. You know, with the you know, the the top ones uh, here for. Um, professional ethical conduct uh, there aren't any qualifiers and then with the, right. with the staff there's one and now or two sometimes and now they have like three qualifiers for, for students so right. intentionally knowingly recklessly um, because it's uh, they're trying to give themselves some legal wiggle room here right I, I think it's it, it, it makes sense it makes sense I think it's it still it still calls into question. I mean, this this clearly it has nothing to do with the teachers. This has more to do with how administration handles things, and you know how they legislate things. How do they punish things? And like you said, it's done. It's not just done willy nilly. It's done also with you know giving them, as you said, some wiggle room to be able to get out of it if they can somehow classify something as such. There's um, one part here mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious about. The educator shall not interfere with a colleague's exercise of political, professional, or citizenship rights and responsibilities. What okay. do you think that means? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, not like physically restraining them for, for voting. I, I think, it, it, <laughs> I mean, ed, educator maybe in this case means there's a power relationship and a supervisor has you know, certain political views and they um, that you have adverse effects if you express other views. Uh, possibly. It's possible, but it's, it's, it's a strange, you know, with all the other ones, you can sit there and say, okay, yeah, I see that. That's probably something you shouldn't do. But with that one, that, that one has the most questions, I think, as to what it might entail. Because I would say, you know, a colleague's exercise of political rights or responsibilities you have the right to say politically what you want in a classroom, but it doesn't mean that's going to be the end of it. And it kind of goes against what I'm talking about with regards to teacher ethical behavior towards students. You know, that the idea is that you're supposed to be, that you're supposed to be as much as possible, unbiased, objective. Now this is going towards other colleagues. They don't mention this with regards to students but I wonder how this plays out with students as well. Well, um, yeah, and, and particularly, and I, I started to think about grading, you know, are you grading in a way that's um, fair across student groups and so forth? Do you show favoritism? Mm -hmm. um, all of these are, you, would, you know, would be difficult. I mean, you would get two sides to most of these, you know? Yeah. But I think something like grading makes more sense in a legitimate kind of um, code of ethics. So you talk about uh, bias. You're talking about grading. I think ethics, a like a real ethical kind of list, should also include preparation. It should include um, further study. 
Do you think that, for example, that teachers have a responsibility to engage in continual education, whether it be in a formal sense, like an additional degree, or whether it refers to things like, I don't know, book studies, um, audited classes, things of that nature? Do you think they have that responsibility? Um, I, I would hope that they would do it of their own accord. You know, we, we get pretty legalistic quickly with that type of thing if you put it into a teacher evaluation. And I've right. tried to do that with, you know, part of what I do is, is, is create those for schools and districts. And, and that's always a, a sticky point. And it's the kind of thing that a union, you know, we're not unionized in Texas, but they would jump up and say, wait a minute, you're, you're requiring this. We need to be real specific. Um, for that. So, so I think teachers do get nervous when, when these are, I mean, they need to know the rules going in, you know, and that, and that type of thing is usually not, not clear. And what do you mean by a book study? What do you mean, mean by continuing education? Yes. But when we're talking about ethical conduct, first of all, it is, we're talking about ethical conduct as a teacher. I think that that, I mean, do you see ethical conduct as a, as a series of expectations and a series of reasonable requirements as associated with a particular profession? Because, I mean, you could really have an ethical a code of ethics for any kind of profession. And there should be some standard kind of ideas that anybody who is, say, a teacher, who is a doctor, who is a mechanic, who is a, uh, you know, whatever, that there, there should be some pretty kind of clear ideas of what it means to be of a certain profession. Okay. I, mean, I, I don't think we need to go back to the guilds of medieval Europe where you've got this kind of r regimented kind of panel that sits there and passes judgment on people and determines whether they can participate in their craft or not. But at the same time, how you like that for an historical interlude, but as <laughs> you know, <laughs> but beyond that, I think that there should be. And this goes also to the notion of professionalism. We've talked many times the idea that the teaching profession is becoming less and less professional because of one, how you get into it to how administration treats you, you know, all these other things. Is it, would this not be a step in the right direction? Well, I, I think that there, I mean, we, we, we're looking at two separate things here. You know, this is a, a code of ethics and, and I think a lot of what you're talking about now would be, encompassed in a teacher evaluation, you know, which is different verbiage and you can actually get a rating in those areas and, and you bring it up and, and it's part of your continuing professional development, you, you, you identify goals. But I think with this code of ethics, you either, you know, do it or you're not, you're not going to say, well, some of the time, most of the time they meet these, but it's, there's usually one line in a teacher evaluation that says they're in compliance yes or no you know, right. and that's it so i think you know there, there really is no you're either doing this or you're not you can't kind of well they they, they sort of do fraudulent behavior <laughs> you know i don't think it works that way so these, they, these they are, only sometimes break their colleagues and students yeah, about it, political matters oh wouldn't that be funny if we turn this into a rubric <laughs> <laughs> you know, different levels of, of, of doing that. He, some of the time he falsifies records. And, uh, he only know, gets two points because he only sometimes does it. Yeah, yeah. That's and all the things about communication with students, it's, 
this was written a long time ago. Uh, um, and I, I know it's probably been updated, but so much of, of the communication element is now digital and social media and whatever, whatever it happens to be. But it, it, it puts a wrench in a lot of this, you know, as far as what is communication. And um, so I, I think the intentionality, purpose, timing, a lot of these things that do apply, but it, mm -hmm. but it's, it, I think it puts a, a teacher in a difficult place, particularly if they use those platforms um, some of you don't. Um, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of teachers do, and uh, but but uh, again, putting something like that into a rubric would would be kind of absurd. Also, you know, <laughs> they, you know, they, they sometimes get out of hand with their. You know, They're all. sometimes vicious in their comments <laughs> towards their <laughs> fellow fellow uh, uh, colleagues. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to make fun of this because you, know, you could just look at these are real dramatic things, you know. Uh, threats well, of violence and things, and but but I guess this is the law, you know. So so we they need to cover as much as they can here. Um, they can't be general, and I think that a good rubric is as general as possible, and it doesn't get too explicit about different points. Here would be an interesting idea if we were better at. Uh, podcasting, we would have researched this beforehand. <laughs> we did research I, once. You, I remember you prepared for a whole episode. You like opened a website or something. <laughs> but no, I wonder if there is such a thing as a code of ethics in German schools. Or would they just look at you and say, why would you need that? How do you not know that? I mean, is there more of a is our code of ethics a product of how we view teachers or just the rather litigious nature of our society? Or, you know, does do the Dutch who hopefully are losing right now, um, do the Dutch have a code of ethics for their teachers? Do the Finns, because everyone talks about the Finnish people and the Finnish school system and it's the best in the world. And, um, do they have a code of ethics for their teachers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, Did they you do. just research this just now? Yeah. Or? yeah. And it has Ross Miller in the, it says, <laughs> Ross, of course we have a code of ethics. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, they do. They're, they're big on codes and ethics and rules and things. And I, I think that it's, it's probably more, more clearly written than ours uh, actually. But uh, it would be it would be a good little exercise to do a side by side comparison. But but yeah, they they have rules. Do you think, well, yes, I know they have rules. But what I'm saying is, is that do you think they have it in a rather um, kind of uh, interesting little kind of uh, uh, series of thou shalt nots, you know, complete with biblical language and everything else? Um. We we need to research that, but um, but I, I do think that, that that could be the next episode. Maybe I don't. I think people would like fall asleep during that because you know, <laughs> read it in, in, in German and yeah, no. What, what what made you bring this up? You, uh, I think it's a, a a great topic, but it it had to occur to you somehow. Wow, let's look at the Texas Administrative Code, Steve. Um, well, I, I think for me, it's just. I think one of the things that's always bothered me, and I'm sure it's bothered you because we've talked about it, is the behavior sometimes of our colleagues. 
and we've had some very peculiar colleagues and <laughs> to, yeah. to put it nicely. Well, <laughs> when I read the, these, as I did look at this this morning and I was thinking of, Oh yeah, so they did that. They did that. They did yeah. that. Um, and of course we think about ourselves first. Did I do that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that was just a bottle of wine. Who What's the issue? No. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think we've often come across some of our colleagues that you sit there and you wonder how in the hell did they get a teaching certificate? And is it not a sign of the apocalypse that they're actually in front of a group of kids, quote unquote, instructing them? And you think about some of the 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 yahoos that inhabit teaching positions. <laughs> you know, you know, you sit there and you wonder where did where did this go wrong? At what stage did this go wrong? Was this a, an educational issue when they were first being trained to be a teacher? Was this a mentoring issue when they first got their very first teaching job? Where where does something like that go wrong? At what point does a teacher become ridiculous or incompetent or who knows? But I think that that's one of the things that's always, it bugs me on some level because I take a lot of pride in the words of the great uh, Waylon Jennings or Merle Haggard. I, I take a lot of pride in who I am. I take a lot of pride in what I am. And when I see people who don't exhibit that pride and don't exhibit that occupational awareness of what you should and you should not do. I think it comes down to you sit there and you try to figure out, I mean, is this a systemic issue or is this just individuals who just somehow got through the system and they just weren't that, that great. Well, Herr Miller, that, people yes. are wondering what you're talking about. You know, well, you okay. asked me what, what came, well, well, how did I come up with the notion of yeah. the ethical thing? Yeah. But I mean, which, you know, what, what types of behaviors are, are you thinking about? You don't need to name names here, but give me an example of, of a behavior that you see enough that you think it's a problem. Well, I think the first thing is just the, the lack of interest in wanting to learn more about a profession, about okay. your subject. Right. And you thought that might be in here, but it wasn't. And the second, I mean, the second thing, another thing would be just in the interactions with students what the expectations are and how you interact with students, how you treat students, how you, okay. um, you know, things of that nature. I think, I think about people who cut out and run two minutes before the final bell so they can get out of the parking lot. <laughs> you know, I think, <laughs> I think about individuals who do not seem to have an interest in or a care for the people underneath their charge, as far as like how they go about their business in the classroom, how they explain things, how they try to work with students. It does not seem to be an individual that is doing so out of any kind of concern for the student. I mean, there seems to be, you, and we've both seen it, teachers that seem to dislike students. And so yeah. you know, they, that, and that's just a couple of things, not to mention the one teacher we both knew who was doing yoga and in her, in her classroom, walking around in a yoga outfit, you know, and just, you know, and not, you know, showing movies, 
you know, without any kind of interest in how this might apply to a, uh, <laughs> an occupation or a class yeah. lesson or what have you. So, so you there's so there's, many things. So you thought you'd look at the code of ethics to see if there was a rule about wearing a yoga <laughs> <laughs> in your classroom. Um, I, I, I see what, what, what you're getting at, certainly. I just wanted the specifics, you know, and I think we can learn a lot about a teacher, you know, just by watching the parking lot. You know, if they come after the students do, it's a problem. You know, and yeah. we've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Sneak in the back door. <laughs> and the students have already been there kind of talking quietly amongst themselves. Um, yeah, so so ethics and ethics, you know, kind of two different things, right? We, we have these ethics and then ethics of actually being a professional. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, I think we're talking about the difference between conduct and ethics. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things, and, and perhaps we should, mm -hmm. uh, and we can come back and talk about this at a later time, but we should we should revisit this in terms of how other countries handle this topic, these topics. Well, and, and if maybe this would be a terrible podcast, but if we brought <laughs> a, a new teacher to look at this, they'd say, oh, I never saw that, or... <sighs> I never yeah. thought about that. But but it's not the type of thing that you see in, in college when you're studying to be a teacher. Right. Necessarily. But this is why people get fired. I mean, this is a blueprint right here, right in front of you. And if you look at all the firings, you know, here here it is. So it would be good good reading. And, and I think getting a perspective of a vice principal, I think vice principals deal with a lot of these things more than even a, a principal. Well, sure. But, um, and I don't I don't want to make the case that because I'm drawing a distinction between what this is and what it should be, that this is not relevant and that this is not important. Good. Because I think we can all agree that that people shouldn't be doing this sort of stuff. But and maybe you need it spelled out just so everyone understands. But yeah. And you need to just stop recklessly misrepresenting facts regarding students. And <laughs> you need to work on this in, your, in the twilight of your all right, fine. mistreatment. It's got to stop, Ross. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> I thought the paddling was still allowed, but uh, apparently not. Some people have issues. So, okay. Well, let all that, right. Let that well, one go. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We're done for another day. Hopefully, the U.S. is ahead and that we're on our way to victory. Uh, probably not. But you never know. Hope springs eternal. Yeah, the, the, the Dutch could have maybe stayed in the locker room and we would have outscored. <laughs> they, they had their chance to escape and they decided to take it instead of come back out to, for the second half. But uh, Yeah, they just started to celebrate with their fans. And <laughs> it's over. It's over. It's all over. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, well, I shall bid you adieu, Herr Dr. Bourgeois. Auf Wiedersehen, Herr Miller.